River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan, along with James, and we are two best buddies who are nuts about the 49ers, who, as you all dedicated listeners probably know, we are now on a six-game win streak. We have finished the part of the schedule that I was uh, looking most forward to. Sorry if you heard that ad, by the way. I hope only I did. Uh, (laughs) um, Like I was saying, this is the part of the schedule I was looking the most forward to three home games in a row. I I know back way back months ago, I didn't think we were going to get through this, but um, you know what? We did. And it was capped off this home streak with a resounding pounding victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 35 to seven. We once again only surrendered just a single touchdown in the second half, we've done that two weeks in a row now. In the four weeks prior, we didn't allow any points in the second half. And I just, I pulled up a couple stats because I want to praise the living daylights out of this defense first. Because I feel like that could be just, we're just, God, we're just repeating ourselves on the defense on this time. And obviously, the meat of this we need to dedicate to Mr. Relvin himself. But it shouldn't be ignored that the defense has played a pivotal role in this winning streak. The number one defense, number one rushing defense, number 11 passing defense, but we're number one in so many categories right now. They have helped outscore opponents 172 to 64. That is including this game. And like I said, we've only given up 14 points in the second half in this six-game win streak. And I noticed this in the broadcast. We had 10 or we have had 10 takeaways alone in this six-game win streak as well. I just, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to, what to say. This was such an outstanding def- defensive performance. Greenlaw gets the game ball. He got his game ball signed, by the way, the one that he picked off of Tom Brady. He was, <laughs> I know. he was remarkable. He had, I think it was 15 tackles. Gibson got to pick off uh, Brady as well. Um, absolutely shut down Leonard Fournette and White in the running game. Um, numbers wise, um, just because we love to look at the numbers here at the top, or at least I do, uh, Tom Brady was held to a 63.7 rating, 253 yards on 55 attempts, only completed 34 with one touchdown. That was a total fluke, by the way, and two interceptions. He didn't absorb any sacks though, which was the only blemish on this otherwise perfect defensive, uh, performance from us, but the man of the hour, Mr. Brock Purdy, Glock Brock, uh, earmuffs. I I don't use earmuffs often or often, but Big Cock Brock, he brought his A game with an 134 rating, 16 to 21 for 185, two touchdowns. He did his absolute best imitation of Jimmy Garoppolo and and then some because he aired it out a little more and showed a little bit more athleticism, if I'm being honest. But my God, he looked right at that defense. Uh, from Todd Bowles and said, I got this. He took a big sack that was nullified by a penalty. And then after that, smooth sailing, 28-0 at halftime, 35-0 at the third quarter. And it was pretty much pretty much done so. Obviously, big help from Christian McCaffrey. He went well over 100 total yards, had a receiving and a rushing touchdown. 
Uh, oh my gosh, Josh Johnson came out in the fourth quarter just because it was just so over at that point. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling a little cocky. We could win the division in uh, three days. Uh, yeah, three days. We could win the division. Uh, we obviously have to address some injuries when we get uh, closer to that. But I, I, I was worried. I'll admit, I, I was worried. I'm not going to pretend I didn't say that at the end of the show last week. But our defense did hold Tom Brady way better than I expected. I thought we were going to hold him back, but I still thought they were going to score like 17 points or like 24 points. We held him to seven. And then Brock Purdy just exceeded every single expectation. Mine, mine and obviously the whole NFL world. He, he's got another big test coming on Thursday night football in a very, very short week in Seattle, a very, very hard place to play. And obviously the emotional intangibles of facing a division rival with the division on the line, it's going to be a big test, but before we get into the, the worrisome parts of playing in four days, I just, we, I'm, I'm here to celebrate. I'm feeling cocky. We kicked the crap out of Tom Brady, dude, but James, I'll finally shut up. What did you think about this game? Brock, the rock, I trust, getting down and purdy against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You forgot to mention that Brock Purdy is the first rookie quarterback or the first quarterback ever to make his first start against Tom Brady and come out with a win. That has been done six times, and Brock Purdy is the only one to come out with a win. And it just so happens to be, we should call him Mr. Relevant now, I think. we. I mean, get rid of of the irrelevant title because this guy is actually relevant. And I'm going to raise my hand and eat crow because I said when they drafted him that I didn't think he was going to be anything. I wasn't, I didn't really... He was the last quarterback of the draft, let alone the last person in the draft. Who thought he was going to escape to the practice squad? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'll be fair. Like, I was critical on the pick of Brock Purdy because, you know, we had another guy in mind and that didn't happen. And so, like, yeah, so I'm going to raise my hand. I, I said I didn't think Brock Purdy would be anything. I didn't think he would make a pass in the NFL. I said all of that stuff. I take it all back. Brock the Rock, down in Purdy, I trust. And, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a rookie quarterback to come in and do any better than what he did. He managed the game. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make mistakes. And he, he actually pushed the ball down the field. Like, that's something oh, that— Oh, yeah. That's Jimmy, Jimmy rarely did that. Like Brock Purdy escaped blitzes and was like, I got you downfield. And he, and he nailed it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I'll say this, that's what we were hoping from Trey Lance and we're getting it from Brock Purdy. We were hoping that, you know, the Trey Lance experience would be exactly that a mobile quarterback who gets out of, who gets out of trouble and then flings it, you know, 20, 30 yards down the field. Like, we got it in Brock Purdy. I, I just, I'm flabbergasted because I thought this kid was, I didn't think he would be this type of player this quickly. Like, and for him to come out there against one of the best defenses in the league, against Tom Brady, and show out like he did, 
Like I had a friend text me and he asked me if I thought it was a fluke. And I was like, I don't think this is a fluke. Like that's a tough defense. That's Tom Brady on the other side of the ball. Like you couldn't have asked anybody this any any better from a rookie quarterback in that situation, making his first start to go out there and just run the offense, push the ball down the field like Kyle really wants to. Kyle really wants to push the ball down the field. That's his offense. That's really his offense. He you know, wants to his, run it down your throat, but then when the time is right, yeah, absolutely. He that's the thing that's been missing from this offense that I know he wants he's always wanted to do far more consistently. Um I don't know how to turn that ad off. Did you you didn't hear that, did you? I'm not hearing any ads. So Okay, great. So ESPN is just gonna be bugging me for most of this. Hopefully not. Um <laughs> I'll figure that out. Anyway. Uh, but no, he he wants to have that explosiveness that he had in 2016 with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and he's had bursts of it here and there. Uh, Mike McDaniel's figured it out with Debo, and then uh, in 2019, George Kittle obviously was like our our dynamite. But he, it's not that he's bad at playing conservative, but no, it's so obvious that like he wants to coax them into like a conservative kind of mindset and then catch you off guard with that. And it it's still early. And let's not forget that Brock Purdy did play basically the entire Miami game. He just didn't play the first series. So more or less two games in, no, tell your friend this is not a fluke. We've seen him essentially play two whole games, and he looked just as good both times. Yeah, I mean, especially with the Bucks having a whole week to prepare for him, you know, and having, like, when you get somebody on tape, you have a whole week to prepare, like, like, that's different. And Todd Bowles, say what you want of him as a head coach, he was he's one of the best defensive coordinators to ever exist in the league. And the fact that Brock Purdy went out there and destroyed his defense as a rookie in his, in his second game, first start, is unbelievable. Like, that's just amazing in itself, that he went out there and beat a Todd Bowles defense like he was their big brother and that's i mean you like that's what you need at this point in in the in the season you need to be winning games like this because really Tampa isn't really that great of a team i mean they needed a 13 point they needed a 14 point comeback against the Saints in you know in the last minutes of the game to win that game so you need you need to beat up on these teams when you can and to go out there and beat up on a Todd Bowles defense that I mean if you don't think I'll, if you think I'm just you know earmuff shitting you look what he did to Jalen Hurts last year in the playoffs that's what you look at what he did Jalen Hurts had an awful game against Todd Bowles defense and he had started more games than what Brock Purdy is doing now. So Brock Purdy went out there and schooled everybody on that defense and comes away a winner. I mean, I'm flabbergasted. I eat, I'll eat crow. Brock Purdy is the real deal. I, I Brock the Rock, I trust. He, he he just looked like the man. He he's younger than Brady's actual career, and he I noted um, I noted last week. Uh, in the Miami game, which he still played very, very well in, that the only thing that I could see in his game was that 
he was taking a little bit of time to read throws and threw a little late. And I thought he looked like a baby deer when he was running. All that was gone literally in a week. He missed a couple throws, sure, but everybody misses a handful of throws. He looked so much more confident, though, in the run. That was when he had to escape the pocket. He, His pocket presence just in literally a week was so much stronger. He, they, I don't know who coached him more, if it was Kyle or if D'Amico said, hey, I'll take you one-on-one and tell you a little bit more about defenses. I, he just, not night and day, but he, the experience from week one to week two was such an enormous jump. I, I'm trying not to like, I don't yeah. want to over, I don't want to necessarily like get into overhype territory because we need to see him on the road and Seattle is a perfect test for it with the division on the line. But, oh my God, like if his oblique injury is not that bad and he just does Jimmy, he basically was playing like Jimmy, but in some regards, honestly, a little better than Jimmy. Cause Jimmy did not, he, Jimmy didn't move in the pocket. Like, like Purdy did. He hit throws like Purdy did, but he didn't push the ball necessarily. He, he would occasionally, but there was just this, I don't know. There was such a different aura of confidence that I could see in Brock. And it's, it, it is unreal. I, I don't know what else I can really say that that's just not kind of repeating myself. It's just, well, it, you know, I saw tweets out there that said, if Jimmy Garoppolo had the, t- had a, had this offensive line, uh, Jimmy would be doing this. I'm like, he had the same effing offensive line. Jimmy just holds on the ball a little bit too long sometimes and gets himself in trouble. And that's the difference. That's why he's going out there getting sacked a little bit more. Plus, he doesn't have the mobility. So it's the line isn't playing any more better for Brock the Rock as it's compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock the Rock is just... He's more mobile, and he's making faster decisions. That seems what it it looks like. And this line, this line has been fantastic. I've saying I've saying their praises all season long. We did Purdy or Purdy didn't take a sack either. Like the guys that we have up there, as young as they are, especially in the center, again, they are holding their own, and they look. It's like we aren't even missing Lincoln Tomlinson because Banks has filled in and then some. He and Trent Williams have locked down the left side so perfectly. It's no surprise that Brock Purdy's upright for like five seconds and has the time to examine the field just like Jimmy did. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I, I don't know where people are coming with that, that he, he somehow has a better offensive line than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just nonsense. It's so, literally the same line. The only part of the offensive line that got hurt at all this season up through week 13 was we missed Burford last week. And that's it. Otherwise, the offensive line has been perfectly healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous that people— Oh, and Trent, Trent Williams went out, too. I forgot. We we lost Trent for like six weeks. But outside of that— <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous that people would think that he's getting a better offensive line than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Brock the Rock, I trust. This kid is legit. He's got a great defense behind him. Uh, so, I mean, the, you're right. The Seattle game, short week— on the road in Seattle, one of the toughest places to play in. We're really going to see what he can do next. And that's sort of like the next leap. We haven't seen, you said, we haven't seen Brock Purdy on the road. So to see him on the road will be interesting, especially one of the hardest places to play in Seattle. But Oh, and the 12s hate us. 
we like um i know there's like the rivalry with the rams that's a little bit more historical uh a more historical of a rivalry i'm just speaking strictly listeners from my i kind of got I've, i kind of started growing a more historical appreciation um as i've just just in very recent times so like my personal connections are harbaugh i knew i was a fan of the team obviously in the 2000s but we were just not that good so when we started being good and our main rival was seattle because seattle was also good at the same time in the 2010s i personally will always hate seattle more than the rams even though the rams are right behind them now after last year's nfc championship game but the i'm sorry what were you gonna say well the thing about it is the older generations of 49ers fans didn't have seattle in the division. Seattle used to be an AFC team. I don't know if you knew that, but Seattle actually used to be in the AFC. And so the rivalry base for the older fans is not there. And that's sort of why they're still holding on to the Rams. But really that, that uh, makes a lot more sense. Really over the last 20 years, it has been Seattle. That's really been the rivalry. And I mean, respectfully. So, you know, Seattle has put, better defenses out and put a better team out there than the Rams over the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, the Rams Rams have won a Super Bowl, but you look at the last 20 years with the Rams, it's literally after the greatest show on turf after that Super Bowl. Yeah, they just went downhill. (laughs) And so the Seattle rivalry is a real rivalry and you're going in there now with um, with a chance to take the division. So this is definitely, you know, we had good defense with Tom Brady on the other side. Now the, now it steps up to on the road division rival with the division on the line. And so that's, that's the next progression in this. We'll see if he can handle it. I mean, he's, I'm not sure. We'll have to go. I'd have to go back and see what he did in bowl games against in Iowa state, I think to see, you know, what he did, but I mean, I don't know. I think, I think he's actually, he might actually pull it off in Seattle. Like I'm, he's got me believing in him. So I think he can actually pull it off in Seattle. Well, we got the benefit of Seattle being a worse team. They are a young and chipper team. They, they are going to be riding on Geno a lot more this time because they do have um, a lot of injuries at running back. I noticed that because uh, listeners, if you were like me and were excited to watch the game on TV, uh, that didn't happen for the second half because it got pulled for Seattle and Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you lived in the Bay Area, either Bay Area this time. Um, but um, but no, they Seattle is a little banged up just at running back, which is even more in our favor because we're number one at stuffing the run. Um, so it is going to be all on Gino going against our defense, which we've already seen. Uh, not They were not close to their prime, and we handled Gino just fine. So it's kind of like this week where I'm not worried about Gino. He, I mean, I don't know. He may have a surprise player to, to catch us off guard. I'm not going to assume we're just going to shut him out. I've never, I'm never going to go into any of these games the rest of the season, assuming we're going to shut them out because I don't want to put that out there, but um, it's going to be Purdy dealing with 
the the literal elements as much as the talent that's on the field because they do they they really do they're young but they they lucked out with some of their draft picks i was looking and um not not before this taping but i remember seeing some graphic come up before about like like four or five of their starters on defense putting up numbers that they have are all rookies so they yeah they're rookies they're going to have to be guarding Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk again. But I, I, you can't, you can't necessarily just assume anything when it's a division game. And if, and if we just go in and smoke them, even with the injuries that we have, which we haven't even talked about yet, we might have a lot of injuries going into it, especially on the defensive line. No, I don't think that they have a real shot at beating us. I still think we're going to win this pretty soundly, but it might not necessarily be like total dominance is all I'm trying to say. Like it, it might be an actual, there might be some nail biting moments in this game. Honestly, it, it could come down to seven points. I don't think it's going to be like a three point Robbie Gould walk off. I don't think it's going to be that close, but I, I, I don't know. I think really in Seattle, anything can happen just because the twelves hate us that much. And they are going to be out there, especially with a chance to take, the title away from us yeah i mean seattle is a hard place to play we talked about it we talked about how like seattle has leads the league in most opponent false starts uh since it opened so they're gonna have to deal with that but i mean seattle's offense is i mean we, they got DK Metcalf, they got Tyler Lockett. Um, but I think I think the way we handled them last the last time we played them, I mean, I think we can do it again. And they needed trick plays to even gain yardage uh, through the passing game against us. So I I just don't I'm confident that we'll win. I'm sort of along the lines with you. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be the this game all over again. I think they are going to play tough, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think it's going to be. I think you're right. There might be some nail biting moments in this, um, but we'll see what happens. And hopefully, Brock can do what he's done the last two games, which is manage the ball not turn the ball over, you know, and maybe push the ball down the field some, you know, to to keep the Seattle offense honest against the run. Right. I, um, the big factor, uh, the biggest factor that I keep harping on the injuries though, I think this is a good time to segue into the, the into that because we do need to address, we're not ignoring this on purpose, listeners. We are very aware that, Debo Samuel got an injury in this game, but fortunately, I just checked. I checked. I checked David Lombardi a lot today. He's saying that the MRI for him came back as good as one would hope. He does have an MCL sprain and a non-high ankle sprain. From what we from what we know right now, it's not a high ankle sprain. And even with both of those ailments, he should be able to come back before the end of the regular season. Time's just going to tell us how well that goes. I, I, I'm 
I'm kind of surprised because Chris Givens or uh, Kevin Givens, our defensive lineman, also has an MCL sprain, and he he was given that six to eight week timetable that Elijah Mitchell now has had twice. So I'm kind of surprised that it's a like three to six week window for Debo Samuel. I'm just I don't know. It might be they might have had a little bit more damage than he has. Right. You talk, you're talking about a tendon, right? And MCL is the tendon. Yeah. So, so depending on the amount of damage to the tendon or how torn it is, I think that factors in probably to how quick a return is. And he, I saw three to six weeks. So, I mean. Right. So I'm, I'm just saying I'm surprised that it's like that low for him, but for Mitchell and Givens, it's that high. So, I mean, I'm happy. I'm not saying like, I'm not mad about it. I, we, we were humming okay without Debo, but obviously we want to have him back just to add that extra element that he does bring, even though, yeah, statistically it's been a little quiet for him, but no, it obviously is a huge concern for any amount of time that we don't have Debo, even with the kind of soft schedule we have to close out the year once we get past the Seattle game. And so we're at, what, week 13? This is week 14? Yeah, we kick off week 14. Which means we have four games left. Yeah, it's Seattle, Washington, uh, Vegas, and uh, the Cardinals. And Debo's going to be out for at least three of those games? At absolute minimum three, yeah. Then I want my $5. <laughs> I should have known that was a setup for that. I should have known that was a setup. There's no, I didn't, I didn't claim an insurance policy for injury. <laughs> no, he's, he's not even, he's going to end his season. Where's he ending the season at? If he doesn't play again, this regular season, he's going to end it with, what's it? Um, where's he at? Uh, 600 receiving yards or 612 receiving yards, two touchdowns and 228 rushing yards with three touchdowns. So yeah, kind of a far cry from where he was last year, but still so important to the team. Nonetheless, George Kittle's only at like 500 receiving yards right now anyway, too. So it's, it's not that they're not producing. It's, it's definitely been like a spreading of the wealth with Christian and Brandon finally coming on. Like I was really hoping, I remember at the start of the year, I was like, Brandon really could have a thousand yard season. And lo and behold, Brandon's very close to a thousand yard season, but, um, but yeah, no, you'll you'll get your damn money. <laughs> I was a little I was a little overzealous on that. I should have saw it coming back down to earth for Debo for sure. <laughs> I didn't think he wasn't going to hit a thousand yards though. He he's not even hitting a thousand total yards. Yeah, it's 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 quite interesting how they've been able to put together this offense and nobody's really blowing up the stats, you know. And um, well, really, the running game never really has like Christian's definitely the most explosive running back we've had in the uh, in the Shanahan era. Like no offense to Mostert, but um, but no, I, it's just amazing, really, that it's a good thing, though. I, I'm very glad that we aren't so reliant on one team because like I, I caught part of the Miami game last night. And they are so reliant on Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it was pretty obvious when he had that ankle injury. I'm glad we're not in that position. Um, but other injuries that we need to worry about, um, I don't know if you understand that the... I've, I've explained before that we have deep depth at the uh, 
defensive line position because D'Amico Ryan's, I think he has like eight people active every time. We're we're not dangerously we're not dangerously thin yet, but maybe two more injuries and yeah, we will be. Um, we're not going to have our our original four out there necessarily because I don't think Ken Law's necessarily going to be activated for this game yet. The goal is to get him practicing, but uh, we do have Ridgeway who's still on his eight weeks of recovery. Uh, Givens is now on six to eight weeks of recovery. And then uh, Kerry Hyder Jr., I, I still haven't seen what's up with Hyder, but Hyder is presumably not going to play this game either. So now that's going to leave us with, I believe, Omen, if he was still healthy. Uh, T.Y. McGill, he just got elevated from the practice squad like a week or two ago. And he's good, but he's still like, uh, he's he was still on the practice squad. He's not been with us for that long. And then we got uh, Drake Jackson, still our rookie. So I... Oh, and Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis, we still got Jordan Willis. Okay. So, but anyway, I don't I don't know. I'm a little call me a little worried about changing the game plan to make it so reliant on Epicom, who's been injured this year, Armstead, who has been injured this year, and Bosa dealing with a hamstring injury. It's I'm so thankful he played this week, even though he didn't get a sack. He I was very worried that he was gonna get hurt after uh after Givens went down and then all the de- defensive backs, but I, I won't harp on the defensive backs uh, as much because they didn't seem that bad except for Diamador Lenore towards ACL. But, um, but no, I, I was a little worried about our defensive line depth, but um, I, I mean, I don't know. Does anything come out? Does anything strike you uh, from what I just explained about that? Like how we might have four of our defensive linemen not available for rotation. Well, you're coming in late into the season. Um, so I think, like, knock on wood, Nick Bosa, uh, Bosa is, like, the like the key one that you don't want. Um, you know, and, like, I think you can get by with what you have right now. And, and I'm sure we may not see it this week, but... John's probably going to go pick somebody up either off a practice squad or through free agency or we, we actually did finish oh, your thought, but finish your thought, but we actually did. I'm just going to pull up his name. So I say it properly. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize he signed somebody, but yeah, it's, he's going to sign maybe one or two people either off a practice squad or through free agency and, um, you know, get us, get us rolling with, you know, some defensive line rotation. The, um, here we go. I've just pulled up David Lombardi. Shout out, shout out, David. You are awesome on Twitter here. Uh, he, oh, it got buried down here. We signed, uh, Michael, uh, Doomfor, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, and he played, uh, with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and he was just signed off of the, off the Texans. I think we took him off the... Oh, no, he was a former Texan. I think he was a free agent. And now he's on our practice squad. Okay. okay. So we did So we did add one person right now. And since I'm on here, the... Uh, the what would have been uh, the estimated practice participation report, uh, Debo Samuel and Kevin Givens out, limited would have been Brock Purdy, Kerry Hyder, and Avery, Avery Thomas. 
Okay, so thank God uh, Carrie Hyder didn't suffer something that uh, was worse. Thank God Carrie Hyder would have practiced today. That actually relieves me a lot because Hyder's definitely one of those great guys in spurts. And that's the, that's the key with our defense is rotating them out. Like Armstead's going to play like 95% of the game. Bose is going to play like 98% of the game. Ekibom's going to play like 80, 85% of the game. So all these other guys rotating in and out to keep all the bodies fresh, like that's the bread and butter of our defensive line. So I just, that's why I'm making such a fuss over the fact that we had so many people go down in the last two weeks. That's just like, okay, we're getting a little thinner in our D-line depth. We can't quite rotate how we want to. So, I mean, that's, again, that's, that's the only reason I was making such a fuss over it. Well, I mean, you know, the fact that you rotated them and, you know, just gives them fresher legs for, you know, the end stretch of, you know, these last few parts of the season into the playoffs. So, right. And Kinlaw should be coming back. The hope is that if Kinlaw doesn't come back this week, he'll come back next week. But he's he's had some chronic fluid buildup in his knee was what I read a few weeks ago was what he's been dealing with since we drafted him. So, I mean, we'll we'll see if we can have him down the stretch because he deserves to be in the starting lineup. And if we could have those starting four again, Epicom, Armstead, Kinlaw, and Bosa, like, those are our A-listers. I'm not worried if all four of them are on the field in terms of making pressure and throwing whatever quarterbacks in front of us uh, off their game. Um, but, no, it's just keeping that rotation is really – because Omenahue's made some plays. Willis made some plays. Like, every single person I can recall not having a sack, but – it's a it's a great practice that I don't know if many other coaches do. Your, do your Eagles do that? Do you or do you usually just yeah? The Eagles same? rotate the Eagles rotate their defensive line um, for sure. They've been doing it even before Jonathan Gannon got there. I mean, Jim Swartz was a rotate the defensive line uh, type of guy. Um, okay, I didn't know if I was speaking out of my ass or not. I don't know if that maybe is a more common thing than I realize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they basically play the same defense that D'Amico Ryans plays. Like, quarters, um, don't give up the big play, you know, let them... Don't, can, don't blitz that often. Don't blitz that often. No, five-man fronts, you know, stuff like that. So they really... You do uh, a 4-3 also? Uh, so we rotate between a 3-4 and a 4-3. So sometimes we'll, we'll show you a 4-3, and the other times we'll show you a 3-4... Um, so it's a little bit different, I guess, in that regard. So okay, uh, we, yeah, we, we typically no, yeah, we don't do that. We're we're strictly four three. <laughs> You're strictly four three, but I think you know the the not blitzing, don't give up the big play. That's the type of things that you guys do, and that's similar to what the Eagles are uh, as well. But I mean, we've always like. Brock Purdy playing the way he does, this defense playing the way it does. I mean, like, <clears throat> if this defense does pull off a Super Bowl win with Brock Purdy at the helm, or even Jimmy at the helm, you know, if Jimmy comes back and plays well, a lot of the credit's going to go to the defense, and rightfully so, because of what they've been doing. And you could easily, you could easily put them at least, if not the top 10, the top 15 defense of all time. Oh, um, we 100% should. Like, if we yeah. keep going at the trajectory that we're going, the key the key is is maximizing 
the opportunities on offense. Like, because we're clearly, yes, we're clearly a defense first team, but we have so many pieces around on offense that, I mean, the court, Brock obviously had to be very smart to still run this offense because it is a complex book, but Kyle has created all these plays to just just to make it so much easier on him. Like, someone's going to get open. I'm doing all these runarounds and motions. Like, someone's going to get open. You just have to have the wherewithal to find them. Yeah. So it's so it's minimizing the mistakes on offense to keep to keep the defense off the field and as fresh as possible so they can dominate when they are on the field. If we can keep doing that, I mean, I we saw the month of football left and anything can happen, but I I, I want to cling on to this now. I I really if if Brock Purdy can come out of Seattle now that adding the road game now to the two home games. I I don't know if he can if he can keep his head on like Jimmy was and it looks like he has so far in seven and a half quarters. I I don't know. I don't see why not. I honest to God don't see why not because it's not on him to win. The defense is clearly carrying us and all he's got to do is not throw a pick or fumble when he takes a sack. And he's that's got all, that's all he's got to do. And he's got a great quarterback guru in shanahan so oh shout out to the quarterback coach i'll pull his name up here real quick while you finish your thought i'm sorry again i keep interrupting you (laughs) but shanahan you know being the quarterback guru he is he this is what he's good at but you know and so i think i think he we you know there's definitely if there was any team that could go to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback, even though I don't believe it's going to happen. But if there's any team that could go to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback, I believe the 49ers are this team. You know, you know, I'll, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. But if there's if there was any rare team that had a rookie quarterback that could um, win a Super Bowl, it's probably this team because of the fact that the defense is so good. I'm sending I'm sending you I'm sending you uh oh I guess I should have do you know the name Brian Greasy? Have I talked about him on Mike? I don't feel like Brian I have. Greasy, yes, I know Brian Greasy. Yeah, Brian Greasy was the quarterback uh for the Denver Broncos. He also played on the Bears. His dad is uh Bob Greasy, who played on the nineteen seventy-two Dolphins. Um and so well, good sir. He is our quarterback coach. Well, he, you know, he's. I think he's doing a good job. When you see the evolution from, you know, Trey, you know, Trey looked okay in his two starts, but then you saw how Jimmy was playing this year, and how Brock Purdy is playing. He's doing a good job of getting people prepared to play, getting them to make re- the good decisions. Um, is there an assistant coach award like there is a head coach award? No. No. Okay. Well, we need to make one and consider Brian Greasy for it because you you you're hired in and you're told, "All oh, right, you're going to you're going to you're going to beef up Trey Lance, this guy we invested so much draft capital for, and then his backup is either going to be Nate Sutfeld or maybe Mr. Irrelevant." And then, "Okay, well, Jimmy's now the backup and we decided to keep Mr. Irrelevant, but he's going to be inactive all the time. So, don't necessarily worry about him." Trey gets injured. Jimmy, all right, now we're, we activated the insurance policy. Like, make Jimmy as best as you can. And he was. 
I will still argue this is the best Jimmy that we had in the five years that we've had him. But then obviously he goes down. And now, okay, here's Mr. Irrelevant. Good luck. And look at him. How can, how, what? How, how can this guy, I don't know. I don't want any, I don't want people to ignore how huge a task that has been for him. And we need to give him as much credit as we can. I just, uh, you know, he should be, I mean, with this now coming about, like, there's no reason that Brian Greasy shouldn't be up for a head coaching position at the end of this season. You know, you think full blown head coach? I mean, what? I mean, the fact that the fact that he took over, he he had Jimmy at his best season, and now he's got a rookie quarterback who's going out there and winning games against the likes of Tom Brady, pushing the ball down the field. Like, I think, I think you could make an argument that. Yeah, if Brock continues on this trajectory and even gets into the playoffs and wins the playoff game because he's going to need to, to to get Jimmy back into the rotation, he's going to need to win a playoff game. If he gets him to that point, there's no reason then to say that Brian Greasy shouldn't be a head coaching candidate. That would be fascinating if we lost him and D'Amico Ryans. I don't think it'll happen. We're definitely gonna lose D'Amico, but um, <laughs> but no, yeah. I no, I think there really is a compelling argument to promote him after this. If we, I mean, we'll probably keep him. I don't know if he really is making that kind of traction, but I just wanted to throw that out there. We need to give Brian Greasy a crap load of credit for helping in in his own way, helping steer this ship after so many quarterback injuries and he's got Josh Johnson he's he's working with too because he's got to be at the ready we he I mean Purdy's day-to-day they could just say hey surprise game time decision Purdy doesn't feel good and now he's out there we're on quarterback four like like, who the hell knows we lost Jimmy and Trey I mean technically it can happen (laughs) yeah I mean pretty soon you're gonna have to go to Wawa to get a quarterback if if something happens (laughs) Go get Kurt, go get the next Kurt Warner from Kroger. <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh wow, I just realized what time we were at. I just, I've had there. I just, just so many thoughts. This has been such a wild, wild season. This was such a wild game, and I was, I'm, I'm honestly feeling so good. I was very nervous last week, but I feel so good. I really am so relieved that we handled Tampa Bay the way that we did. Did you have any other notes before we go to our next segment? Uh, I really. You know, I mean, no, Brock the Rock, I trust. Absolutely. Brock, Glock, James, let's hear a little bit from our sponsor. All right, guys, if you're in the Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in the Rockledge, Florida area, I told Ali how much I wanted to pay for a house, and she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you in a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Ali Catino at Madison Alley Real Estate, 321-698-4692, 321-698-4692. And that means it's time for Jimmy B's Long Shots. Beep, 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 beep. Is there any quick bets that we have to make before we play again in three days? <laughs> well, okay, so... We started a new thing going out on Twitter to interact with our fans on Twitter. And so if you're listening to this episode, 
we are going to start doing uh, shout outs to people who can either guess the exact score of the 49ers game. You get two guesses on the exact score. Your two guesses must consist of either it has to be one for a 49ers win and the other one has to be a 49ers loss. So I'll, I'll give you the option if you think they're going to lose or if they're going to lose, you want to give that score. That's perfectly fine. I'll give you two guesses because it's hard to pick an exact score. And since it's hard, we're also going to run uh, over-unders, uh, basically shout-out parlays, where I'm going to give you three over-unders during the week before the game. And if you can guess all right, we'll shout you out on the show. So those are the two ways to get a Jimmy B shout-out on the show if you are able to either guess the correct score or win a three-legged parlay uh, with over-unders. So that's a new segment that we're doing uh, right now to interact with our fan base on Twitter. Uh, this week we had a couple of entrants. Nobody won. So, But we're, we're going to do this going forward to interact with more with you guys. Okay, so now it's time for, all right, let's see what we can do to get some decent odds now that we're in week. Now we just played week 14 of the NFL season. So pretty much long odds for anything are coming a little bit tougher to come by. So what I've decided is to look forward into the future and do uh, two team parlays for who you think is going to the Super Bowl. Uh, one, AFC, one AFC team, one NFC team, Dan, you tell me, first of all, we'll start with the AFC. Who do you think is going to win in the AFC? Well, I pulled up the playoff picture um, as well as who's in the hunt. It's not necessarily going to be any of these guys in the hunt. I just wanted to see them all just to remind myself, okay, they're not eliminated yet. But honestly, looking through all of this, um, I, 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 I mean this sincerely. I felt, I thought Cincinnati, I, we'll see how their injuries are. If Cincinnati didn't get as banged up as they did, I honestly, I honestly would have picked them to do a, to do a repeat again. But, um, the way it is right now, it's really hard for me to not imagine the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's, it, right. it, it honestly, it's, I, that's the best bet. Every, Everyone else below the Chiefs. I know the Bills are on top of them right now, but the Bills are very beatable, especially with Alvon Miller on defense now. And I don't know, Josh Allen's just playing so weird. Okay. It's, it's, hard, it's hard for me to not pick the Chiefs. Okay, and who is your NFC conference winner? Are you going to go with the 49ers? Well, on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, it's, I, yeah, I really... Obviously, we need to see how the rest of the season goes. But honestly, I don't see why we can't reach the Super Bowl. I, I I really don't see why we can't with how good this defense is and just how not mistake-prone Purdy already looks. We have a long way to go. But really, if we play this, if we play like this, these next four games, I don't see why we can't make a Super Bowl run. I really don't. Well, if you want to pick San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, you can get plus 1,400 odds right now on that. So that's a good bet for you. My, my of course, one was I have picked I have picked the Eagles. I have picked the Eagles, and I have picked the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to pull up the odds for that 
No. See, you just can't pick against the Chiefs. They're the most complete team when you look at the playoff picture. And right now that's plus 774, so that's probably one that's a a real when you're talking about long shots, that's what you would call a safe bet, you know, is plus 774, $10 gets you $70, still in the range of Jimmy B's long shots, but let's change it to Buffalo. And the Philadelphia Eagles, which would give you uh, plus six two nine, still quite a, still decent enough odds. Ten dollars gets you sixty two on that one. And let's play with the Bengals. Let's let's get rid of the Bills. Let's yeah, let's say the Bengals miraculously get healthy and keep their heads on straight. Because I mean, up up till yesterday when they got all their injuries, um, no, like I I mean it. I really thought they could have made a Super Bowl run. So. Eagles and Bengals is fourteen ninety. Uh, let's get rid of the Eagles and put the 49ers in there. Um, 49 uh, NFC. Put the 49ers in there. And you can get plus 2750 if you want to go with 49ers and Bengals as the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, just, with, just for giggles, what about Tampa and the Chiefs? What if we have a Super Bowl 45 rematch? Tampa and the Chiefs, okay. There's no no way it's going to happen, but just just for giggles. like We don't even know if they're going to take their division over the Panthers at this rate. The NFC South is such a mess. Or the Falcons. Or the Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons are right in the race, too. So, somehow, somehow, with Ritter now over Mariota, yeah, I— the NFL is just awesome. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, hey, man, my, if if Atlanta and C- Cincinnati can pull this out, man, I will be sitting in some dough. Ah, uh, man, I would be sitting in some dough if they actually pulled that out. I mean, that's I, I made three division winner parlays, and the best one I have a hopes of winning are if Atlanta wins the – if Atlanta wins the division and if the Bengals can win the division. Uh, uh, the Bengals, the, I still say it's the – well, I think they could take the Ravens. I, I Well, they know. got it, the Ravens at home the last week of the season. I, th- I really think they can still – the Ravens are very, very beatable. I don't I don't see how – I don't know. I, I think it's theirs to lose even though the Baltimore Ravens are on top right now. I, th- I, I do th- – I don't know. I see it that way. I know the numbers say this, but – no, the, the Ravens are very beautiful. The Ravens are very beautiful. And so that matchup, Tampa Bay versus Kansas City Chiefs, is plus 4,000, plus 4,190 for that to happen. Holy crap. <laughs> well, Tampa's a plus 1,200 one to win the NFC Championship. They're just – Todd Bowles is the head coach. I, I thought he might, he might be halfway decent, but he's not really doing that great of a job. Um, you know, especially with Tom Brady as his quarterback. So they're having a marginally less big. It's 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 the problem that the Rams are having, but not quite as bad. It's the same problem, but like stage three versus the Rams having in stage four. Like, if that makes sense. Right. And if you just want an idea of how how even the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bagels are even money to win the AFC North right now. And they're only behind the Ravens, of course, which are at minus 120. So the Ravens are the favorite, but not by much. Uh, so maybe, 
maybe my parlay hits. I mean, Atlanta is still the long shot. Your uh, your wild card is the AF, your wild card is the South, man. I who knows who's gonna come out of that. I know my wild card is the South, which the Atlanta Falcons are now plus eleven hundred to uh, win the division. Um, so the Panthers are plus three fifty, and the Bucks are minus three hundred. But Desmond Ritter starting that quarterback for Atlanta now, so. As he should, because we saw Mariota ceiling like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? So that's that's hopefully that. I mean, I would love that parlay to hit. Let me see what that what that pays out on that parlay. Uh, let me the payout the payout would still be set at where you set the initial bet, right? It would, yeah, it that's where the payout where you where you the odds that you placed when the when it was in. So let me uh, open bets. All right. Nope, that's not the one I'm looking at. Here we go. So I bet $20 on I don't even know what the plus is on it. It doesn't have it just archived there? No, it doesn't. I got to move you to see. It doesn't say what the plus is. Odds. Okay, here's the odds. Plus 5 Plus fifty six hundred for this parlay to hit. <laughs> Dang! I bet twenty dollars down. So if it hits, it's over a thousand dollars. Oh, this oh. hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the wild card is definitely the Atlanta Falcons. At the time that I placed the bet, they were plus four hundred. They were in the driver's seat, and they were plus four hundred to win. Now they've gone up to plus eleven hundred. Desmond Ritter starting a quarterback. We'll see what happens. I think. Maybe I got a little too high on Atlanta, but I mean, we got, I still got San Francisco and um, Vikings. I got the Bengals to win the AFC North, the Bills to win the AFC East, the Eagles to win the NFC East, and the Chiefs to win the AFC S. So it was a 17, 17 team uh, division winner parlay, which. Oh, that'll pay, that'll pay out everything except the South next week. Like the Vikings could have done it yesterday, but they blew it to the Lions. Like they could have already sealed it. The Dude, Chiefs, man. the Chiefs would have sealed it if the Chargers lost yesterday. But I mean, them's the breaks. You can only control what you control. But no, by next week, or no, maybe not. Maybe not your division. Your division's literally going to go down to week seventeen. Well, I mean, we have hopefully, hopefully, we don't look past the Bears. I don't want to like. No, like, I don't, don't, I don't. Don't look past Justin Fields. We're we're playing the Bears on the road. I don't want to look past the Bears because if we do, then that means Christmas Christmas Eve against the Cowboys will be, uh, you know, then Dallas is in the driver's seat. You know, like if we lose to the Bears, which <clears throat> it's a trap game because Dallas comes the week after, and so they could easily look ahead to Dallas and forget about the business that they need to handle in Chicago. So I'm a little worried about that game as a trap game. You could um, also win in dramatic fashion with the last second touchdown. Like the bears have lost four times this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who you, knows? Did, you did only beat Indianapolis by one point. So I don't know. You, so the, you guys like in the on Midwest the road, on the road, this, this Giants game is the first time we've covered on the road like this year. So we haven't, we haven't really been doing well on the road, even though we're undefeated on the road right now, but like we definitely played down to our competition on the road. 
Uh, yeah, don't don't so, sleep on the Bears. I th- th- take it from experience. Don't sleep on the Bears. <laughs> yeah, and especially with Justin Fields as a mobile quarterback. I mean, we just had Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones and Justin Fields are two different uh, type of running quarterbacks, I think. So so we'll see. But yeah, that's hopefully this one pays out. I mean, Minnesota, like I wanted, like Minnesota is a complete complete fraud of a team. Like, oh, yeah, it's the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers again, because they literally Vegas put them as a two point underdog going into Detroit. So Vegas knew they they were going to lose this game. And if there's ever a time to feel disrespected as the Vikings to be the number one, the number one team in the division going against a losing team rival, a team like the Lions and prove yourself that you really are legit and you're a two-point underdog to the lines of say, oh, no, Vegas, we're better than that. Yeah, they just – they couldn't do it. So they are obviously a fraud of a team. So I'm just – I think they need to win uh, one more game and that's it to get the division. Uh, that was supposed to be the case this week, but obviously they didn't. Um, I don't know if it's the – I haven't looked at the clinching scenarios. I don't know if I can I think if they super I quick. think if they win one more, they have to – if they win one more, they'll – and I don't know. I think the Lions have to lose too in order for that to happen with the uh, Let's see. Updated Sunday night. This is uh, from – the Finster, this is from the Dolphins. Uh, this is from the Dolphins uh, SB Nation page. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs can clinch with a win, according to this. Or no, wait, this is all from this is all from yesterday. I don't know. They haven't updated to they haven't updated to the next one yet. I don't know why. That's gonna take forever to find. You yeah. know they. Because what I saw was what I said was they needed the Chargers to lose and them to win, but the Chargers won, so they couldn't clinch either. But we'll obviously see those in the meantime. Um, they'll get updated here momentarily, unless you unless you find them. I I could be very bad at googling. Well, uh, I just typed in Week 15 clinching scenarios. Um, this is about 25 minutes ago from NFL play uh, playoff scenarios. So. Double check that that is the 2022 season. Oh, that's 2021. Ah, shit. All right. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm that's why I just had trouble with. Because uh, uh, we're in week 14. Like, what is? Maybe this is it. This is some great podcasting too, by the way. Live googling. <laughs> Live googling. People are screaming at us now because we're dropping this. We're dropping this early, by the way, listeners. That's why I, <laughs> an hour in, I'm telling you why we're here in your ears on a Tuesday instead of Wednesday. We wanted to give you more than 24 hours to uh, to listen to this. Um, no, week 14 again. The uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna tap out. This is not, this is gonna take forever. I don't know why. Maybe because they were just done. Or no. Because uh, maybe because Monday night is kicking off right now, the Patriots and oh, the yeah, Cardinals. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's probably why we can't get playoff scenarios. Because the Patriots are still technically in the hunt, so maybe they're waiting for that just to see if the Patriots win or not. Yeah. Now it all comes full circle, listeners. Behind the curtain, we're taping on Monday. Uh, it's dropping tomorrow though, so. It's we'll dropping you- tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, patrons. This isn't exclusive for you. Uh, we'll- <laughs> 
I mean, it could be exclusive for you for a couple hours. Well, we don't but... really have patrons, so. <laughs> it's they don't need to know that. We don't have patrons. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Authenticity. Um, yes, we we do not lie to the Niner Nuts uh, fan base. So unless, unless we unless we make penance. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but oh my god, did, uh, did you have any other bets? Um, by the way, real quick. Uh, those were those are basically my long odds, um, and then just listeners, watch out for uh, parlay shoutouts and exact exact score shoutouts, and hopefully we can get somebody the shoutout. So, woo. Well, with that, um, for my news, I'm shaking it up a little bit. I'm pulling up uh, Lombardi again uh, just to double check, but his Twitter feed did not change. All right, so I'll just go to Roto World. Because I do have something from Roto World that I can talk about. But first, reminder for all you guys, uh, we are going to be playing on the 15th, uh, two days from when you all are going to be listening to this. We'll be at Seattle Thursday Night Football exclusively on Amazon Prime. Uh, have you watched the Thursday Night Games? I, I can't remember if I've ever asked you if you're able to. You have you have Prime, right? I do have Prime. I haven't watched the Thursday night games uh, I, the, other than when the Eagles played the Texans. And I didn't really watch it because I think it was game five of the World Series was on that day. So. Oh, OK. So I didn't I didn't really watch it. I was just I was watching the Phillies play and I had the game on on my laptop and I'm watching back and forth. But I was really more paying attention to uh, the Phillies playing. But. I mean Thursday night football. Um, I and the thing about it is I I don't think I'll be able to watch it live this week. I'm still gonna have to watch it the day after because oh, we okay. have or at least Saturday maybe because we have a uh, we have a event to go to on Thursday. So okay, right on. Well, I told so, my I told my girlfriend uh, it's Thursday night. It's our until the playoffs. If we play on a Saturday in January, like this is the last regular season weird game, not Monday night, not Thursday. Or this is the last time we're not on Sunday night uh, unless we play in the divisional round. Cause then we obviously might play on Saturday, but um, or wildcard weekend too. So really <laughs> anyway, it's Thursday uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be watching it live uh because i actually don't work on thursdays so i can actually not have to use nfl plus to watch it this time but anyway i'll be cheering loud i'll definitely have a couple drinks in me um i i won't drunk tweet i promise but uh uh but yeah that's our next game uh and then after that uh i mean we're really in the home stretch now we got we're in our last four games seattle washington uh oakland las vegas and then uh hosting the Arizona Cardinals, they'll come to San Francisco. But Seattle, we got to worry about them first. Hat and uh, t-shirt. Hat and t-shirt. Yes. Hopefully Thursday is a happy hat and t-shirt day. So uh, we'll we'll cheer loud and proud for that. James, let everybody know where they can reach out to us uh, until Thursday or until Monday when they listen to us again, whenever, whenever they want to. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you want to be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash Niner Nuts. We have four tiers. All tiers come with instant access. We have some tiers that come with guest appearances and actually some Niner Nuts gear. So if you want to get on that, that's patreon.com backslash Niner Nuts. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, which is Niner Nuts. Same on Twitter, Niner Nuts. If you ha- want to leave a five-star review on Spotify or 
another platform that you're listening us to and you want to write a review after you give the five-star review on there, you want to send it to 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. We will read every five-star review on the air. Uh, we, uh, we have official merchandise. If you Google Niner Nuts Apparel and go to the bonfire.com uh, link, you will find our official merchandise. And currently right now, all proceeds for our T-shirt sales go to human trafficking recovery centers in the D.C. area until Dan Snyder has officially sold the team. Uh, we'd like to thank Daniel Mayer, our sponsor, uh, our Daniel Mayer at Mayer Creative for our logo. Dan, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yes, there is. I was trying to just scroll through because I thought it would have been higher up on just the general news on Roto World, but apparently it's not. But we found out just a mere three hours ago that beloved wide receiver T.Y. Hilton from my home state of Indiana, or not from here, he's from Florida, but he played with our Colts for a very long time with Andrew Luck and a couple other quarterbacks after Luck. Uh, he has been signed to the Dallas Cowboys after they opted out of the OBJ sweepstakes. Um, I was texting I was texting our group chat about um, how how Ballard literally just didn't even try to sign uh, T.Y. Hilton. He was completely fine with just like, thank you for your service. There's the door. Like, I... Obviously not that cold. Obviously, he probably would have shown appreciation because T.Y. really was such a phenomenal receiver for for the Colts in the 2010s. And with Andrew Luck, he was his favorite target easily by far. Led the league in receiving, God, I want to say in 2015 or 14 maybe. But um, but no, I, I just wanted to give a little shout out. Um, I'm glad T.Y., uh, if he still thinks he's got some gas in the tank, I mean— Joining Dallas for a playoff push isn't necessarily a bad way to go. And I, to the extent it doesn't hurt the Eagles, I still hope he has a good month of December in at least the one game in January because it looks like the Cowboys are going to get the wild card. But I I hope he personally is very good, but I don't want it to get in the way of the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, it's after all the ridiculous OBJ courting and then how that blew up, like, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, Cowboys are admitting that they're not a complete team, and they they need help at wide receiver, even with uh, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. So I don't. Like, I don't know what they expect him to do. That I don't know what they expect him to do. That Gallup and C.D. already do. Like I get why Ballard let him go because T.Y was really a one-trick pony when he left. He wasn't... I mean, he's always been a small guy. He really is, like... I think he's smaller than me. But he was a very, very reliable deep threat. He could make possession catches in the right scenarios, but he's not that... He wasn't that guy anymore. If you if you watched the last, uh, the last year he was with the Colts, like, he was exclusively a deep threat. Like, a discount to Sean Jackson, really. Like... He will, and he was dealing with injuries like Deshaun Jackson too. Like, I mean, no slight towards him at all. He will forever be in Colts lore for when he was in his prime. But, I mean, I, what's he gonna add other than veteran leadership, which is a valuable thing? But I don't know what he's gonna do to actually like 
change the offense that much. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, you, seem, I don't, you seem deep in thought there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I You know, 49ers fans shouldn't be scared of the Cowboys. I'm not scared of the Cowboys, even after T.Y. Hilton gets on their team. Like, they they have talent. They don't have the coach. Um, and guaranteed, guaranteed clock management is going to kill the Cowboys again. Like, I'm calling it right now. This Oh, it, oh it's Mike McCarthy. Of course it is. <laughs> clock management is going to kill this team again. And, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I'm not. I mean, my prediction, my prediction is still going to be NFC Championship game: Eagles and 49ers uh, playing in Philadelphia uh, for the right oh, yeah. to the Super Bowl. Like that's where, that's where it's trending. And so you, you have a stranglehold on the first seed. It's definitely going to be in Philly. Like you guys have to catastrophically drop the ball in December to lose the first seed. Yeah, Minnesota is not taking it from you. We might take the second seed from Minnesota. <laughs> you guys might take the second seed from Minnesota, which I could see happening. But um, but Minnesota, um, Minnesota, I believe there's four to go, and Detroit, uh, Detroit is uh, there's four games to go. Minnesota just lost to Detroit, so that should mean that... They've won five of six. They're actually not bad right now. They're not bad right now. Let me look at the standings and schedules. So, NFC North standings. NFC North standings. So, the Lions are in second place. They're... um, And let me see the remaining schedule. So, the Lions... So the Lions have the Jets, which they could lose because the Jets have a good defense and it's on the road. They have the Panthers, but they could easily beat them. They have the Bears and they have the Packers. So have they beaten the Lions twice then? Have they beaten uh, the Pack have they beaten the Vikings twice? Here's a here's a fun no. fact. If we ended up playing Minnesota, at least based on the standings right now. It would literally be the worst total defense versus the best total defense. <laughs> <laughs> we we're at two eighty six and they're at four oh three. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty damn stark difference. <laughs> yeah, and the Vikings. Let's see who they have left on their calendar. Um, they have the Colts, the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears. So they could not easily. A, so I think a, they have not a terrible schedule. I think they would have to. I think they have to win one, and Detroit needs to lose one. Um, Which is that, very. That's very realistic. That's very realistic. So, but the Lions are in the playoff hunt, which I think nobody saw coming out the beginning of the year. But. No, not after they went one and six. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. But again, the. The NFL is awesome. Yeah, I think with that, we should sign off. James? Outro music, River Road by Justin Muth. We'll see you all Thursday. Beat the Seahawks.
River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. 